Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whaley. And a disturbingly sober Marcus D. That's okay, we got beer coming, we got yeah, beer coming. Dude, you know the best part about today is so far? I got today off from work. This was, like, my boss, <laughs> I have, like, one of the best boss in the world now, because she's like, you know, you guys work really hard. Just take, just take Friday off, you can still be paid for it. So like, how how did this come about? I I well a lot well we've been working really really hard at the nonprofit the new nonprofit that I work at and they were just like yeah you know eh, take take Friday off just just to be nice so like I was like sweet I got to sleep in today and I got to we get to record the episode at like at a decent hour we're recording this at like two p.m. now which is pretty cool yeah so we got a, more of a chance to hang out today and that was awesome so I was like sweet but I've been like sober all day. No alcohol. And Sober I'm, all day? Up I to know. 2 o'clock? This is not cool. Like, I was expecting to be drinking way earlier than this. Like, I, I thought we were going to get together earlier than this, but, you know, I had to run some other errands today. I got a new computer today, which was awesome. And now we are one step closer to my dream, which is getting this podcast to have a video element. So we video stream while we do this. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there a comment about that? Yeah. for us. To, well, there was a comment for us to get a Discord started. Uh, which we're in the process of talking about getting a Discord started for the two of uh, four uh, Talking with Shadows, One Candle Society. Um, we are in the process of working on that and talking about how we're going to do that. We don't know if it's going to be for patrons, for everybody, probably going to be closer for everybody, um, where they can do that. Well, uh, if you've been beer starved the whole time, let's go ahead and I, crack into this. I know. The beer that you got today is... 312 Lemonade Shandy. Ellie actually... Uh, Wanted me to try this, so I got a big thing for us. You miserable SOB. Wait, what? What's wrong? A lemon beer? A lemonade shandy, actually. A le- shandy. Is this, is this beer? What is this? It's beer. So you were trying to trick me into drinking a sour beer again. Uh, Let's crack it and find out if it's sour. I don't think it actually is. Let's I, it, crack this to see if a lemonade beer tastes sour i mean shandies are usually maybe a little sour but they're definitely not classified as a sour beer i'm pretty a lemonade sure beer someone could prove me wrong is not considered a sour beer i mean most lemonades more sweet than sour just enough of that sour to counterbalance the sweet uh-huh i'm just cheese on just, broccoli is still broccoli just sir drink it's it. still just a vegetable drink the beer you can't Cheat around that. That's you not how, how that he works. Me? I buy him beer every week for this. You know how much I hate sour beers, and you try to trick me into drinking one. Oh, I just had some. It's not sour. Mm. Oh, come on. No, it it's still good. counts. It still counts it's as sour good, beer. Though. This is like the first good sour. Uh, oh God. Oh, it's like a. Oh, it's like a warhead. Just oh, pissed in my mouth. What are you talking about? <laughs> it is not. It is not that. Uh, Guys, if you we're not sponsored by them. But if you have a chance, just pick Thank up some 312 Lemonade Shandy and tell this guy it is no, not that it sour. it creeped up on me. It creeped up. It was, it's like what all sour beers do. You drink it like, oh, that's nice. and uh, uh, Like, that's oh what it God. was, If you man. think this tastes like a warhead, man, I would. I don't want to see what would happen if you drank most of the beers I drink. Oh. Also, 
Since you've been surprising me with random tests and stuff like that, I've got something I want you to try. Oh, again. you've got a test. Okay. Well, what is this test? I will. Cha- I will challenge. What is this? That's fine. Marcus really hates trying new things, I and I've like got something here that I'm pretty sure he has not ever had. I want you to try this. Dude, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, my God. You're passing that over the soundboard. What is this? Give it a try. This looks like onions, like green onions, and this looks like I'm not eating one of these. What is this? You eat it. I'm not eating eat one it. of those. You got to eat it. Ugh. You got to eat it for the fans. All right, I'm going to eat this for, that's a big piece. It's eating, like, you're eating they look it like all. green beans floating in water. It's not green beans. Oh. No, finish oh. it. Eat oh. it all. Eat it all. Don't spit it on my floor. You're in my house. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. All things holy on this earth. <laughs> I got to wash that down with a sour beer. It is not that bad. You are such a wimp. <laughs> So, what do you think? Oh, God. Oh, it was like being strangled by a jalapeno. Oh. It's not even that spicy. He's over oh, he's tearing God. up. Oh, it was nasty. <laughs> what did I do to you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You want to know what it is? What is that? That, that is, is pickled. That is pickled cactus. I've been eating it lately. I think it tastes good. Oh, God. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm going to beat the crap out of Whaley. Oh, my God. He really He's turning red over here. Hi. I'm stand-up comedian and host of the Inquisitive Minds podcast, Johnny Smith. Join me every week as I sit down with guests that are either an expert in their field or have a fascinating story to tell. I love to explore the unknown and the little-known topics alike. From paranormal investigators... But I'm telling you, I believe that this is the truth to professional wrestlers. I want to get my revenge on Katie Forbes. And everything in between. It's like, screw this, let's move to California. And I was, I said to him, I was like, okay, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and I didn't even know like the dot-com thing had just started. Uh, Inquisitive Minds is spelled a little bit differently. I-N-Q-U-I-Z-A-T-I-V-E, Minds. And we're available on all streaming platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, where new videos are dropped every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, thank oh, you. Okay, guys, I, I gotta let you know what just happened. He seriously turned red, <laughs> flipped out, and he wasn't planting. He actually spit it out on my floor. Like, 100%. You, you okay over there? Oh, man. I've, I've recovered. I have recovered. <laughs> you are so, so overdramatic. I'm, you didn't even say what I'm being over to Matt. Yes, you do you know what? Tell the view, tell the listeners what you just fed me. I already told them it's pickled cactus. Pickled cactus. Oh, oh, God, it was disgusting. It's not that bad. <gasps> okay, sorry. Can you make it? Can you finish the episode? I feel like I've been absolved of all of my sins for every bad thing that's ever happened for how bad that just tasted. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yes, it was. You are such a wimp. Oh, my God. Pickled cactus. That is not being a wimp. <laughs> it's not bad. Terrible person. Anyway, uh, I challenge you with fun games like, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, Flat Earther, Band Celebrity, you know, Giant Name or Norwegian Beer. <laughs> and you're like, try this pickled cactus. <laughs> hey, someone's got to put you to try new things or you never would. 
Yeah, you're not, not you. Okay, so comments from our previous episode. If you haven't seen our fantastic last episode, Flat Earth Theory, uh, go check it out. We talked about all things Flat Earth. He broke down the theories behind it and kind of talked about why we're not a human, why we don't believe that the Earth is flat and is still confused about why we're having to talk about that in 2021. But <clears throat> here we are, all the... All the um, Izzy28 says, that was interesting to hear, and it's good to uh, always hear out people's theories and beliefs and, and show respect towards them. Yeah, we, we tried to give it a, a fair examination. I mean, yeah, just, you know, keep, to, to, be, to be fair, I mean, everybody believes in a lot of different things, so you want to get, you know, uh, we're always willing to listen. We'll tell people that. Uh, conveniently, right after that, Laughing Fox patron said, uh, y'all were very respectful of one of the most ridiculous theories I've ever heard. And that was one of the particularly impressive to me. Well done. I could not have done that. Oh, good. It, it was a challenge. I, I never really wanted to do flat earth. It's one of those topics where I'm like, I'm going to struggle to be nice. I think mm, I, we just did our best. Uh, uh, XPZ ER zero X says, I kind of want to see a hillbilly samurai cosplay now. <laughs> If you want to see a good example of that, actually go over to our patron. Uh, I posted up a very good photo of Vic Waitley Wait, what? characterized as a samurai. Yeah, is, you didn't. You didn't is see that this? freaking Carl? Yes, that's <laughs> Carl from Squidville. That is an exact. He's artist not from rep- Squidville. He's no, from Aqua Team Hunger, Hunger Force. Force. I apologize. Uh, yeah, uh, that is a good artist rendition of what Vic Waitley looked like. Not with, yes, it is at all that what I look like. Exactly <laughs> what you look like with a bad butt. By First, the way, I have a huge head of hair. I have a full beard. And I do not look like that. You Carl had, is a cool character. You had a man bun, and at one point, I came to your house, and you went literally. I don't know why these kids are always running on my property when they can get hurt. I'm not going to kind of do none of that <laughs> while drinking a beer. I would believe that, that, that all this straight happened. up a thing from Carl from Squidbilly is what he would do. That it's first it's Aqua Dean Hunger Force. I, Squidbilly is ah! a great show, but that's not what it's from. I don't know why I keep saying that. Uh, it's because oh, sorry. But either way, no, that is not what I look like. Sorry. Uh, if you want to find out what I look like? Go sign up on Patreon, and there are some uh, things where you see us on camera. Yeah, if you sign up on Patreon, you actually see some of us. You see us on camera talking about a lot of the different topics. Delhost Man said, "Please go watch uh, MFTFE or McToon. Uh, they do get presented arguments against their points, and all they do is say no or insult insult the globe earthers. Flat earthers are not good people. They could never be scientists. And we ran into that like so much whenever we were talking about flat Earth." A lot of the flat earthers, whenever they were presented with good arguments, would go, "No, that's not true." Oh yeah, I, actually, there was a episode of Globe Earth I saw where they were answering questions against flat Earth, and pretty much every question they just said, "That's a troll question." That's mm-hmm. a troll question. That, and the thing is, they were pretty legit questions. Philip Nar said, "Hey guys, just curious if the Earth is flat. What's on the other side of the Earth?" Uh, of that flat earth is it just rock home of the reptile race most flat earthers will just tell you rock like they'll just be like yeah there's rock under there like i saw a lot of people saying like either we don't know or don't worry about it this is about what's what's up there not what's down there don't worry about it (laughs) pay pay no attention to the to the rock behind the curtains don't pay attention to that (laughs) what's wrong with you man said uh, need video expand your platform uh, that's true, and I we're on we're on our way, man. We're I gonna... knew there was a comment about that. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, soon, like your plan is to get your basement is your remodeled, and then we're gonna be down there. And that's one of the things that we want to do when we expand is we're gonna have a video element. Yeah, there 
there's going to be a bar built in my basement, and we're going to start recording from there, and we're going to start introducing that. But guys, it's going to take a little bit for the remodel. You're going to have to just grit your teeth and bear with us. It's it's a whole project. We're on the way. We are on the way, though. Uh, I'm checking over here. Oh, <laughs> over on Patreon. If you didn't check out that episode, there was a very fan that that episode was hilarious because in the patron section in the pillow talk segment, we discussed the cool conspiracy theory of oh god that Finland is not real, and it's hilarious. Go check it out. I don't want to get too much into the, the conspiracy. You need to be a patron for to hear the whole thing of what we said about that. But go sign up for a Patreon. You will and you will be entertained by that. Um, I like Harold Utley's comment when he goes, they like to get to, f- to Finland, this fake Finland, this space. They say they transition you to into fake Finland with the green mist so they can cover up going into the production that is set up there. I, just, <laughs> I wanted to comment on that because I, I like that. That's funny. All right. Um, so yeah, that's uh, all the comments that we're going to go over today. Um, we appreciate any time that you guys leave a comment, uh, Post them down below. Good, bad. Don't you push that cac- that pickled cactus towards me, dude. I'm going to break that spoon <laughs> off, and I will stab you with it, or I will stab you straight up with this, co- with this bottle opener. It's going to happen. Sorry, I was nudging the cactus back I'm over to him. Come at you across this table. Don't you do that. But we're going to continue our... Uh, oops. We're Man, gonna he's t- mad. I am mad. That was disgusting. <laughs> it was terrible. We've been friends 16 years. I can't believe you did that to me. I will say that, though. After drinking pickled cactus, this uh, fake sour beer does not taste as bad shandy. anymore. This uh, lemon sand, uh, shandy is actually pretty good now, actually. you know, it's, It was always pretty good. This pickled cactus reorganized my taste buds. <laughs> um, so, we, sorry, we uh, continuing with our theme this month, we're going to be talking about strange earth theories. And we talked about flat earth in the last episode. So guess where we're going to be at this week, guys? Hollow Earth. Uh, I found out that this is actually the cool, cons- the cooler of the two conspiracies. Yeah, I kind of thought so too. Yeah, like I, one of the things that I started uh, when I started researching Hollow Earth is I discovered that when it comes to a lot of conspiracies, there's a hierarchy amongst them. Uh, and believe it or not, when it comes to these strange Earth theories, Hollow Earth is actually considered as more of a cool theory uh, versus <laughs> the flat Earthers. Because think about it, really. When was the last time they just sat around and just bashed a Hollow Earther? I mean, they make movies out of Hollow Earth. This whole concept of, like, that there's this cool, strange Earth with inside Earth and maybe monsters or other people live there. They make movies off of that. They have made zero movies off of the Earth being flat. Let's see. For for this month, I read uh, Hollow Earth, and it was by Walter Siegminster. Mm-hmm. S-I-E-G-M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Mm-hmm. And it, first, it's an older book. And it was kind of a trip. It was a ride, man. It was a ride. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start talking about like how oh, like how anywhere. do you like how do you want to tackle like the, okay? So the thing that I thought that was that was interesting is how as compared to like like flat earthers, with it comes to hollow earth, it is just as much woven into the narrative of a lot of ancient cultures is belief, like of how the earth is actually structured. Oh yeah. Like you can, you can find some element of this in most any form of mythology in one way, shape or form mm-hmm. that there's this land beneath our land. Yeah. Like one of my favorite, like one of the most popular ones, obviously being like the ancient Greek theory of like, there's all these 
tunnels under the earth in some way and and that they're all connected they lead to the underworld like so many cultures believe that like inside the earth in some way was like another world it was the underworld in some sort of way and there was all these like opening chasms that you could go into in order to uh do that like the hero hercules when he travels to the underworld that's one of the things he does he travels into the hollow earth and he he goes through like one of these portals there are these openings that are that's that's supposed to be like all over the world Oh, in yeah. order and to get you, down you see there. that also in like South America there's a Shinto underworld uh, you can even interpret parts of Norse mythology to have aspects of an underworld for a, in a lot of Christian mythos oh, the whole concept of hell like hell itself is literally just inside the earth and it's underground beneath us mm-hmm. um, and like the Tuatha de Dunan of like Irish Celtic mythology where'd they go underground yeah they went into the into the hills and went underground mm. So I thought I think that's an interesting theory. Like when you talk about like where did Hollow Earth first come from? Because one of the things that I heard from so many people is they always start trying to talk about like the concept of Hollow Earth being like from these Western scientists from like the early eighteen like the eighteenth century, like the nineteenth century, and it's really not. It goes it goes back further than that with like ancient man's trying to understand or trying to explain what they think might be inside the earth right oh yeah no this is an this is an ancient thought Mm -hmm. because like you know and for a lot of people too like it's hard even for a lot of ancient man to even like try to contemplate like what's above like the earth like for a lot of man they're like trying to think of like you know how vast is it above in in the heavens and they're contemplating the mythology in that there's no reason for them not to believe that it's not just as deep underground and and underneath them they just believe it's just that as vast and hell, just to hammer the point home, the oldest book we have uh, written by humans that we have found is the Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, it's been a little bit since I've had the pleasure of reading it. Um, there's a point where Gilgamesh goes into this like world below our world. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when you're talking about Hollow Earth. I think that's the you. That's really the start of it. I'm not going to believe that that it actually started closer in you know uh, you know post post medieval europe i'm not i'm not inclined to believe to believe that and i think for a long time that's what a lot of people generally uh, when it comes to like the hollow earth like what's inside of there that's that's generally what they believe so admiral bird <laughs> the greatest adventurer of all time okay i think that we have to talk about this mm-hmm. Do you think that there's truth to the Admiral Bird story? That he traveled up north and found these like giant race of people outside like the the cave entrance to the the Hollow Earth. Well, he saw he also saw like uh, woolly mammoths. He entered down into this hole at the uh, North Pole. Wait, was it? It was the North Pole, right? Mm-hmm. And flew down there and found this race of giant people. It's it's a pretty out there story, and a lot of people talk about it. No, he went to the Antarctic. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, Antarctic. I, I couldn't remember which pole it was. Mm-hmm. But there are some <laughs> things about it that kind of raise some red flags for me. What about you? Were there red flags that say he traveled to the South Pole and found woolly mammoths? Yes, there were, There was a few things that oh, sorry, sorry. Those red flags to the, his as and he as his story that don't even like nest. Okay, I. There's a part where he apparently gets out and talks to some of these giant people, mm-hmm. and he doesn't express 
like when you're telling a story about meeting new peoples, language is usually a major part of it. Mm. But I didn't find really a whole lot about language. It's just like he was there and he successfully talked with them. Well, if you yeah, well if you uh, do I do I think that his story is true? Do I think his story is credible? I I I'm going to go with personally no, but mostly just cuz I don't believe in the hollow earth theory. But I you know, if you listen, if you think about like where did a lot of like, if you look at like a lot of like old timey like movies and stuff where people are trying to travel like inside the earth and you see a lot of those like, like, like Hollow Earth inspired so many of those old timey movies where oh, people yeah. would be in a submarine and they would travel like underwater or they would travel underground and they would get to these like vast like expanses of like jungles or they would find volcanoes underground and things like that or even other oceans underground and things like that. It all got inspired by birds. I that stuff is, is what it was. That stuff was inspired by Bird's trip to the Antarctic because of that when he went there. I mean, it's a pretty fascinating story. But like, uh, usually when I listen to a story, I usually try to determine if it makes sense within the story. And I really feel like there's aspects of this one that doesn't. I mean, sure, the guy was apparently a military man and. And if you get to be an admiral, I imagine you have to be a pretty trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. But there are areas where internally the story just doesn't make that much sense to me. Well, I, I have a hard time believing that like <laughs> giant races of people and woolly mammoths can live underground because of what it looks like underground. <laughs> like it'd be really it'd be really hard for any for any large mammal to live underground. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And basically, when they say there's this underground world, they're talking about a world with a, that has its own biome, its own sun, its own civilization, and things like that. And assuming that there's some way for them to actually... Because in theory, their, their floor is the opposite of ours, where we're walking upward, they're walking downward. They're basically... We both would have the same flat floor. So if something's living in that and then gets to the hole, and assuming there's some way for it to come out of the hole, perhaps it could, and that animal perhaps could live for a certain amount of time up there. I don't think it could sustain its life there. If there's a sun inside the earth? This gets really complicated here, but yes. Most hollow earth theorists believe that there is a sun within the earth, that there's this big burning ball. Now, it, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of some of the explanations of how it works, it gets weird because I've read things about um, how it just kind of hovers there because where would it set? If it's on the inside of a ball, it couldn't really set anywhere. But then I'll read things about people who've gone and interacted with their culture and will come back with rituals they do at sunrise. Well, but how is there a sunrise? How, how could you have a sunrise if you're on the inside of the ball? Because where would the sun go? What? Okay, I, I think the reason about why you start, the more when you start looking at the science, like of a lot of like a how a sun or how, you know, civilizations could live inside the earth, the more that we seem to like understand science and understand the world around us, the more this mystical element starts taking place and the more of <laughs> just super science we do not understand is what is what seems to keep them going down there. Like, Perhaps maybe the people down there, because they're generally ascribed to being very technologically advanced, which the reasons behind most authors argue they down down there there's no war. 
There's no war. There's no fighting over resource or anything like that. And since there have been no wars, there's nothing that set back their technological advancement. And thus they've been able to catapult themselves forward. Mm-hmm. I do have an argument there. It seems like we humans scientifically advance a lot faster in moments of adversity than in moments of peace. Mm-hmm. That idea of, oh, if, if we're not having any wars, our science is going to advance super fast. Like, I, I'm anti-war. I, I'm not using this as a pitch to be pro-war and things like that. But I'm just saying, it seems like we advance a lot faster when we're under adversity than when we're at peace. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why we can't. And that's the... I, I have a hard time... I have a hard time believing that there are these 12-foot-tall super civilizations underground because again it, it seems like a very compound answer of just saying oh yeah they have super science and they live down there because well, it seems like it would be way more difficult way more difficult for a a group of people to function underground and like if you think about like how like society exists above the earth you don't find it very often where the va- like the more technologically advanced group of people seems to just completely just make life difficult for themselves that much, uh, you know, uh, to keep like a lesser advanced like a lesser technologically advanced group of people content. Okay, I'm gonna play devil's advocate again here, and I'm gonna use the perspective of the book I read. Why would it be more difficult for them to live down there? Why would it be more difficult for them to live inside the earth? Yes. Well, because inside the earth and with how gravity would work is if you literally were able to, if the earth was actually hollow with how gravity works, you would literally be floating around (laughs) inside earth. No, no, that's not true. As the world spins, the inertia holds you to the inside of the ball. And that's why you're able to walk and it simulates gravity, but it's not actual gravity, it's inertia. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is the reason, like if if the earth was legitimately hollow, and there was nothing turning inside, which is what a lot of flat earthers would like, like to lurch down. I say, "Hollow Earth is claim." That's the reason about why nothing could be down there was because you the gravity you would just you would just float around because you'd be equally pulled. You would just be equally pulled in every direction. No, no. As they argue in the book, what keeps you from floating around is that there there is gravity, there is force, and the Earth is spinning. But that spinning force causes inertia, which causes you to be held to the inside of the ball, the inside of the globe. And that's why you can walk around. And it, it's not true gravity, but it is inertia, so it simulates gravity. Like that, you're talking about the, like that carnival game that makes you stick to the wall? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like when you do that? Yep. Yeah, but again, but that that spinning motion puts your back to it rather than your feet. Well, that's because in that you're spinning like a centrifuge. Right. In this, you're spinning like a globe. And this this is just their argument. I know there's issues here, but that's not really actually a very good argument. I'm just what I it's spinning like a centrifuge versus spinning like a globe. They spin they're spinning. I don't I'm confused how <laughs> that science doesn't make sense. No, that that's just what they say. Yeah, <laughs> you're right because the thing is that how does that make sense if you're around the pole? If you're yeah, sure, like yeah, a, yeah, around the, the equator it, perhaps the maybe. inertia would be enough to hold right. you there. But once you started moving around, yeah, it would be it'd be hard. But that that's what their argument would be. And they would also like they say they went down there with incredibly advanced um, technologies because these are the people who fled from Atlantis, Nymeria, 
all the great ancient cities that we sometimes like to talk about, yeah. <laughs> especially in our early podcast episodes. I mean, but I just I have a hard time believing that any advanced group of culture would want to give up that much space to a less technologically advanced group of people. Once again, devil's advocate. They fled down there to avoid the nuclear fallout from their own atomic war. Mm -hmm. Also, by avoiding solar radiation, which the inner sun does not put out, they actually do not age. The inner sun does not have it does not a, have radiation. It does not have the sort of solar radiation that causes us to genetically break down. And they're going to, and at least from the perspective of the book I read, the only reason humans age, get sick, fight, and do a whole lot of other stuff is because we live on the surface where there's too much solar radiation and radiation from atomic testing, which they don't have down there, so they live forever in perfect health, and our diet is intentionally poisoning us. Why Why would an inner sun not put off radiation like the one, like the one in space? Because it's magic inner sun. Because I'm just... It, it just doesn't. It doesn't. Sun in space, evil, sun at the core no, of the earth. Truthfully, they, do, they don't give a good answer for no, why yeah, the inner sun does no, not do it. What, oh, okay, and, and, and when was this book put out, do you know? Oh, goodness, I knew that, but I kind of it's forgot. Okay. I want to say it was the 60s or yeah, yeah, 50s. Yeah. And that doesn't surprise me, honestly. I was about to say it's either going to be from the 50s or 60s. Which, Actually, uh, I think it was the 60s. Yeah, which, and it still fits perfectly in this timeline. So many religions and philosophies and beliefs were spurned after 1945 during the nuclear arms race, you know, as this whole idea of the reason about why aliens, underground people or mystical forces or whatever, why they're intervening is to prevent nu a nuclear Holocaust and nu nuclear war. Like the, to and me, that was all over this book. Yeah. It's, there's this huge trend. Scientology started that way. The third society that me and Ellie talked about the exact same way, the Count of St. Germain cult that popped up, that, that popped up too. all of these people popped up around the same time. All saying the same thing that you're saying is that, you know, that they live underground and it seems like, but you know what? Can they explain to you why you're such a lustful, violent, horrible human? Because these guys got an answer for it. Is this because I don't have enough Jesus in my heart? Nope. No? It's because you are poisoning yourself with how you eat. Salt is poison. Meat is poison. And all these things, if you take salt and meat and all these processed stuff out of your life, first, you're going to lose all all desire for sex and all desire for violence, and you will be a perfect, peaceful person. This sounds a lot like my doctor. <laughs> He's like, you should cut out salt and cut out red meat. And you should only eat, like, raw vegetables and live off that for your whole life. Well, no. and, and they actually believe, like, putting salt in anything is just straight up poisoning you. And they believe these poisons cause you to become... Okay, I don't know how these people thought early humans could have got by, but they're basically claiming in a state of nature, humans have no sexual impulse. Mm -hmm. That if we are living our perfect life as, as these biological beings, we'd have no sexual impulse. But then how would the human race ever have reproduced? <laughs> no, that and that's not even the first group of people. And that's not even like a, a singular, like even from this book of what this person was talking about. That's not the first time that I've even heard that. Like, have you heard of the, the Koreshian Unity Settlement? No. Okay. So the Christian Unity Settlement was this um, a cult, religious movement, whatever you want to call, it, whatever you want to call it, that popped up around like eight the eighteen seventies, and essentially they they moved around the United States before they finally settled down uh, in Estero, Florida, 
1994, and they were, uh, God, his last name was Teague. I want to say, what were, oh, Cyrus Teague. Cyrus Actually, yeah, Teague. this yeah. was in the book. I guess. Oh, okay, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, that was, was that, was that was where this was coming from, too? Was that guy talking about that? He's in communication with them. Right, right, right. But, but uh, Cyrus Teague, he takes his Christian unity settlement, and he takes them to Florida, and he's talking a lot about the same thing that you're talking about, where society's morally corrupt, people need to not have sex, except for procreation. Like, there's, like, he has, like, levels within his cult, like, like you can be in, and there's a very, very small ring of people that can actually have sex, but it's only just for procreation. But the vast majority so of people like all cults. Yeah. And, and he also believed that the earth was hollow. And that the earth was hollow. And there seems, there seems to be this weird connection with that of this moral purity when it comes to people that, at least like on this line of thinking, that belief that the earth is hollow. But the hollow earth people don't have to do that. They actually can reproduce without sex at all. Look, I don't care what the hollow earth people do. <laughs> like they can live their lives in their hollow earth little settlements, hanging out, being celibate, singing kubaya. I'm going to live up here, eat my salt, <laughs> eat my red meat. Having sex, that's what's going to happen, okay? Well, check this out, and I'm going to—I'm just going to give this description. Like and a then... full-blooded, solid earther that I am. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give this description to you, and I want you to wait till the end of the description before you pri- chime in with some of the issues. Mm. Okay, first, in the Hollow Earth, there's no marriage. Men and women just live down there and float between different partnerships as their life goes on. They share all belongings in kind as a commonwealth with each other. Socialists. They, you got you got to hold your hold your thoughts. They no longer have to reproduce because they produce they reproduce through parthenogenesis. Basically the process where you just give birth to a clone of yourself without having to actually do any sexual reproduction. All people born there are female and they can and it's a matriarchal society that lives in perfect balance and equality. And they consider the female form to be the perfect form. Go. The hell is this? I don't. I don't even know where to. I'm trying to unpack this here. For, I'm just. I'm trying to unpack this whole I, idea of first off, even how they came to this conclusion. Because they went down there and talked to him, and this is what they told them. Yep, and apparently saw as well. Okay, Wait, here's one of the questions I had. Okay, so men and women don't get married and stuff, and they reproduce through parthenogenesis, only giving birth to the females. Yeah. How are there any men? <laughs> how, how are they making these... They make all these social statements on how men and women live together, mm-hmm. and then they say they only give birth to females. No, where, no. where are these men coming no, from? No, those are birth defects. <laughs> men, are birth, men are birth defects down there in the hollow earth. Apparently, but it seems like they imply that there aren't any but then they also imply that there are at times. It's it's not very consistently written. It's like, well, I'm reading this. I'm like, this contradicts a lot of things you've already told me. I just, I have a, like, here, here's another one. Why would they think that that's appealing to anybody up here? No, this, I would hate to, okay. I believe humans need emotions. We need that, that nasty, hot sexual energy that we have. These are all important parts of the human like, condition. Who, who, how are you going to recruit anybody to that philosophy of like trying to say this is how we should live or this seems to be like a good idea of like what's down there? Like, I, I don't want to live in some sort of neutered world that doesn't have salt. That just that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Like, like, I, two things I need. I need sex and salt. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this sounds like something that like, pro, that like, like, 
ever like mothers would tell their kids to like scare them at night. It's like now you behave and listen to your parents, otherwise those hollow earthers are gonna snatch you up, take you down, then make you vegan and celibate. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like that's a th- like I feel like this is a threat. And that's the worst part. <laughs> like salt vegan, <laughs> even vegans get to eat salt. A low sodium vegan diet. This would, this would be like a no sodium. Like, I, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think humans can live without salt. I think we have to have salt, if I recall correctly. Yeah, like, if we don't have enough sodium, you just die. Yeah, because don't you need it to make plasma? Yeah. But, yeah, but, dude, here's the other thing, too. You think that a lot of these cults would have learned by now that, like, this is just not a good recruitment tactic of just saying that we should either emulate this type of behavior? Because all of these, like, celibate cults, they all die off. Like, that's what happened, like, with the, the unity. Oh, the Quakers. Yeah. Or wait, like no, the, this, it, was, it wasn't the Quakers, the Shakers. Yeah, well, the Christian Unity Psalm was the same thing. They all died out because none of them would reproduce, and they couldn't recruit anybody because nobody wants to live like that. No, I'm surprised they ever got anyone to begin with. Yeah. This gets so weird, like, so fast with what I thought, the, like, we were going to talk about, like, with the Hollow Earth. I didn't get, like, super deep into, like, the people that lived and the stuff that lives down there. Like, I got very hung up on, like, the, the 18th century people, like Edmund Hillary, that... Like that started talking about like the, that the earth was hollow. Well, there was this huge push, big push around like the 1870s that like that there was like Edmund Hillary or Haley, sorry Edmund Edmund Hillary, Edmund Haley like with Haley's comments named after first proposed like it was like 1870 thing. I think when he when he when he does this, um, the theory of trying to explain why he thinks that the earth is hollow. This is the first legitimate argument of them trying to say why do they think that like the earth is hollow because he was having issues with. Um, trying to explain like the difference between you know the difference between like true north and like um, like north that like yeah, yeah, magnet yeah. like magnet north and true north yeah so he's having issues with this and he's and and like to to explain the reason about why this occurs is he says oh well to do that there must be some sort of thing something something spinning inside the earth that's causing this and that's where this idea of another earth inside the earth starts coming from. Uh, in these, in these, during this timeline, during so, this time period, just to make sure I'm following you, he doesn't believe like it's a ball and you're walking around on the inside of the ball. He thinks there's a separate planet within our planet. Yeah, he's it, it, think of it kind of like a, a Russian nesting doll where there's yeah. like you pop the doll off, there's another doll inside, and you pop that off, there's another, another, there's another doll that's inside. It was the same concept where there's like there's there's a, there's some other spinning ball of Earth inside the Earth, and there's another Earth that's inside there. And one of the things that he also talked about too was he thought that like there probably was an atmosphere in there because like he thought they, he thought that like the, the Aurora Borealis was like uh, our atmospheres mixing together. Like there was an atmosphere escaping from there. And that's the reason that causes that. Not solar radiation. Well, not solar radiation at the time. Again, he's working with the scientists guy at the time. That's fair. He's trying to explain it. Um, and so all of these different earths are spinning inside there. And then when, like when he's like having to contemplate his life down there, his kind of answer was, Oh, there's probably Earth life down there. There's life in nature. So, okay, I mean, he never says what life looks like down there. Okay, I, I do have a question along these lines, but okay. So, would the humans on the next smallest Earth be mini humans or actual size? No, humans? no, he didn't say necessarily that but he if, thought if they were they humans. Were. Oh, but that they were in there, true, probably smaller humans. Okay, I would hope so because the person who's like inside the final one. The world would only be big yeah. enough for like him, and he probably wouldn't be able to stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but that's what a lot of people. That's what a lot of people thought the time, like during this time, was arguing about why they thought that the Earth was actually hollow. Was they're trying to explain electromagnetism? 
and why you and why you tend to have these things. But truthfully, like science still struggles with certain aspects of electromagnetism. Well, yeah, because it's difficult to explain. I mean, that's why a lot of people. I think truthfully, the reason about why we have a lot of hollow earth believers today is because of these guys during this time, like like Haley and 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 Sims we're trying to explain electromagnetism at the time during this time. And I, and I, and I think that's what kept it alive during that time. I kind of tried to explain this during the, uh, during the flat earth video, but I kind of butchered it. Uh, the four forces of nature. There are four things that we know a lot about how they work, but we don't really know why they work. And as much as science has tried to study them, we still don't really have a really good grasp on them. Uh, one of them is electromagnetism. I mean, okay, as much as I like to make fun of the magnets, how do they work thing, mm-hmm. they actually kind of have a point that we really don't. We, we, we know how to use a magnet, and we know what's going to happen when you do this or that with a magnet. Mm-hmm. But exactly why the force appears is somewhat not understood. And the other side of it is because uh, electricity and magnetism are the same processes. Like, why do why is it when we fire off electrons, each one wants to follow the previous one? We don't fully understand, it. and that that's one of the four forces of nature: is elect, or, uh, electricity and magnetism. Mm-hmm. The other ones are gravity, which I think we all understand pretty well. Um, weak nuclear force, which is why is so much energy released when we split an atom? We don't fully understand yet. And the other one is strong nuclear force. And do you know what that one is? That's kind of the interesting one: is strong nuclear force. Like, why do things, like, pull... No, I don't know. I'm not, I'm okay. not even going to try to explain it. Okay, so we know that an atom has this huge amount of power in it, right? hmm And all that power, when released, is a massive explosion. Yes. If it has all that power in it, why doesn't an atom just explode? No one knows. Yeah, no, no, no one knows. What is this... It's called strong nuclear force. The force that acts on an atom that keeps it from exploding. We don't know why atoms don't just always explode. <laughs> <laughs> if there's that much force in one... And that force is acting on it. Why wouldn't it just explode? That's a good point. I yeah, mean, that, yeah. It's, it's a big question that we don't really. And those are the the four forces of nature, the four things, big mysteries in science. I mean, I'm sure there's other big mysteries in science, but these are the ones that we categorize under the uh, umbrella of the forces of nature. Well, see, even though see, we don't fully understand those things, so then we can't totally disprove that hollow earth is not a real thing. That there's not a, another Earth and group of people living inside the and Earth. It is kind of hard because it's hard to dig down very deep in the Earth. Well, no, well, because eventually what starts happening is, which I thought was hilarious when I was researching Hollow Earth, is we've attempted to drill inside of the Earth since like the 1960s. Whenever we like we were like helping on like getting to the mantle, and every single time the same thing keeps happening. It's too hot. <laughs> like the drill, like the drill just overheats. We're like, yeah, we gotta stop. And then everybody's like, yeah, we got up to five hundred degrees, or we got up to three hundred degrees, and everybody just talks about that. Yeah, but we've never been able to actually get to the mantle of the Earth because it gets too hot. Well, the thing is that may, a lot of people point that out and be like, oh, see, the Earth must be hollow. They're not willing to dig down the far. It's, truthfully, this issue makes the most sense. What do we make our tools out of? We make it out of metal. Why do we make tools out of metal? Uh, because it's easy to, well, because it's easy to melt metal and therefore, yeah, yeah, that way we can can mold it. Yeah. It's really easy to melt and shape metal. What is lava? Melted rock. Rock is a lot harder to (laughs) melt than metal. That's why we don't make things that much out of rock. It's hard to heat up in shape. You can actually kind of forge rock ish, but you'd have to get your furnace so stupid hot to do it. 
If the heat's down there hot enough to melt rock, what are we going to do with metal tools? Yeah, we're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> that's, that's, why we, that's why we need to get, like, rock-tipped drills to get, to get down there. That's what we need. Okay, here's the issue. It's already hot enough to melt rock. Oh, that's true. So that's a rock tick deal isn't going to get so us we need further. Something that, we need something that's like more like <laughs> difficult to melt than rock. Like, like maybe there are some rare metals that do have this, that can hold its shape against heat pretty well, but they're not things that we normally have in high abundance, and I still don't think they would survive those temperatures. The problem is when we're dealing with a solid digging object, there's not a lot of things that we can make it out of like, say, if me and you were going to do this, what are we going to do? Wood? No. <laughs> it's going to burst into flame. Rock? No. We already established it's already melted rock. Metal? Already a problem. I, what, what are we going to use as a digging tool? I, the, the thing, space, space magic? Wizards, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, it's just too hot. The weird thing is, is I, I find it kind of weird that, like, all these other, some of these countries, like, including the United States, try to come up with, like, clever aha ways to try to get around this. <laughs> To me, it still sounded dumb. Like, the United States at one point, when they when they decided to drill, they're like, oh, you know what we're going to do? Because, uh, you know, it's we're going to go through water uh, instead, and that's going to be cooler. That way, we're not going to have as many problems. Not when it's that hot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, you're just going to get through the water. And then they did the same thing whenever they went through, like, they went to the Arctic, and they did the same thing. I'm like, you really should just hit rock, right? Like, it's just... <laughs> That's not more impressive. <laughs> You're just gonna run into the same problem. It's just, it's just gonna get certain hot at a certain point, and it's just gonna melt your instruments. Yeah, the, when we're dealing with such potent forces of nature like lava or even just the heated rock of the mantle, those are such high numbers that it's really hard for us to work around. Like right now, us as humans bearing our full technology against it. We don't have a really solid way to do this. This That's why we don't do it. That's why we don't deal, because no one 100% knows what the core is. Some people say it's superheated, like nickel. Some people have postulated that it could be plasma. We don't 100% know what's down there because we can't get down there. There's there's nothing we have that's going to be able to get down there. Whatever we do know that's down there, we know that it has to spin in order for us to be able to survive up here. It does seem like so, at, yes. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what's down there. I don't care if it's nickel, plasma, another hollow earth. It A needs bunch to, of dinosaurs. Those dinosaurs need to keep spinning. <laughs> because without that, then we don't have the electromagnetism that keeps our atmosphere where it's at. And then that just disappears. And then we all just essentially just bake at 60 billion degrees or whatever. The sun's going to cook us up here. So whatever's down there, okay, Tyrannosaurus rexes, they need to keep spinning. I strongly suspect it's not 60 billion. If there's just some woolly mammoth hamster that's down there that's on a tr- that's on a that's on a little wheel just it, keep trucking buddy yeah just keep trucking man just keep going that way we can keep you know putting on our podcast up here i don't care what it is at the end of the day that's the most important thing guys whether or not if you believe in hollow earth or not whatever's down there it needs to keep spinning it's like dory just keep spinning just keep spinning i like living okay <laughs> something that i thought was really odd in the book i read they said they, they did acknowledge, like, maybe Admiral Byrd did meet some giants. Maybe he didn't get all the way down to the Hollow Earth. But they said that that's not what the people in the actual Hollow Earth look like. They're short, Mongolian, or Inuit-looking individuals. And they said, and I, I'm going to explain, this is another one where I'm going to explain it, and you can tell me where the flaw is. You sound like you're just about to say a racist. That's <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're, no, if you want to know, okay, we'll, let's deter from where I was going for a moment. There's a lot of really racist stuff in like, this book. Like, like there's several say, times where they're like, Oh, they're 
supposedly this scientist did this, but his only witness was quote unquote a Negro and thus cannot be trusted. That is things that they had said in this book. And it's some really racist stuff. Like I normally, I recommend books to people and yes. Okay. If you're, if you're the sort of person who just wants to leave that sort of stuff out, you can skip this book and you'll be fine. If you're good at kind of accepting, maybe that's just how they thought of the time and you can use that as an examination of the flaws of the people of the past, then I guess, sure, maybe read it. And I don't think it was that amazing of a read myself. So I just generally don't recommend it. But, yeah, there's some really racist stuff in there. So as you were saying about the Mongolian okay. people. Okay. <laughs> so as they put it, you have Mongolian people in areas like Mongolia uh-huh. <coughs> and, Mong- and people of a similar descent in um, like Canada and Iceland. And they're like, well, how could those people have gotten there if not them traveling through the hollow earth to get to these, these distant locations? What's the problem with that? Uh, I, I, I think there was something that they called the land bridge that might have been the way that they got there. But Yeah, Mongolia and Canada are not that terribly far from each other. They could have wandered over there. And even if you're not a proponent of the idea that there was this land ice bridge between Russia and Alaska, it, they're not that far away. I believe that the steppes people, being pretty clever people as they were, could have figured out how to get that far. They could have made a boat and got that far, I'm pretty sure. Like like navigated their way across that stretch of water. Yeah. yeah. And I know it's supposed to be rough water, but, I mean, hell, the Mongolians were pretty hardcore people. If they wanted to get across, they could have done they it. They seemed mo- very motivated in their uh, their raiding and their pillaging moments. That they were like, they're, we're going to get across this water and see what's over there. Like, I'm pretty sure, and we and I know we, they wouldn't even be Mongolians at that time. It's just the people that became Mongols. We're talking about, like, a proto-culture that both the uh, people of, like, the Inuit people and the Mongolians descend from. Mm-hmm. And if Inuit's not the right word, I'm sorry, I don't know what the right word is. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that maybe, like, with some of the stuff, like, <laughs> with why the Hollow Earth just seems to just be so appealing to so many people, this idea that there's this underground terrestrial world that you can explore is people's um wanting that that drive for exploration by the time that bird's going to explore i mean we're we're at the turn of the, the of the 18th century i mean the, the 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 pages of the map have been filling in like isn't this around the same time uh where mountaineering was getting yeah, really yeah, popular like, and stuff you know like there's this whole like idea of like when you're going to be exploring and, and going to different places like like at the at the end of the day doesn't it kind of like sound kind of like scary like we, we typically know where everything is there's maybe nowhere else left to explore but that's why it's so appealing to people is this idea that there there is this untapped place that you can go adventure that nobody's ever been to there's not a whole lot of people that have been to inside the earth that if we find you know this magical entrance that we can get down in there any general final thoughts before we wrap up the free segment I thought that was a rather thought-provoking oh. thought, but okay. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I thought man's <laughs> desire to go exploring the great unknown. Sorry, my bad, is, my bad. Technology is advances, and if we fill in the pages, that, that scary thought that we know where everything is and we're going to lose I, that. I was just confirming that you had gotten out everything you wanted to say on it. That that itself seemed like what would be a driving force to, for people to believe that there's this untapped world to still yet explore inside the Earth. 
it's and really that's why it's and that's why it's so appealing to some even modern day people like modern day people like and i'll give you another example like uh how jeff bezos like got into space no, like, no, like, I, like, I, like I get, I'm following you, man. Yeah, like, you, like so many people, like on TV, like, like when our grandparents, like in the 1960s, saw Neil Armstrong walking on the moon and things like that, and us getting we to space. Humans, we humans are natural voyagers, so we're right. always looking for the next shore to right. to discover. Right. This is just a natural part of human nature. Yeah, and now whenever Jeff Bezos, you know, goes into space, we don't have that thought anymore. You know, like it's like, oh look, it's just rich people that can get there. Maybe we can't ever get there. The aver- the average person could theoretically find the hollow earth you know so maybe that's why that's so much more appealing to 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 say the average man about the idea of the hollow earth is because there still is this untapped land to explore that you and your heart of hearts believe maybe you can go and explore what i think is if if these people are not making it up i think what is happening is not they're going into the earth the the earth being hollow if these people are not making this up, my best is, my best guess would be maybe there's some sort of portal to another world at the poles. Because I really think, scientifically, the Earth is incredibly unlikely to be hollow. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just one of those things that does not really make that much sense. If, if they're telling the truth, maybe they're going through some sort of hidden portal up there that's just against the ground. So when looking at it, maybe that's a thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure the Earth isn't hollow. What do you guys think about this? Do you guys think that the Earth is hollow? Do you think there's something on the inside? Do you think that, like, uh, it, like what I said, people are just really just like longing for that sense of exploration, and that's just why they hold on to that? Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Again, if you like this episode, like it. Don't forget to share, um, subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, if you can leave a review on uh, on iTunes, that always helps us out. Whenever we do, whenever you do that, it's one of the best ways that you can support the channel. Um, but stick around after this if you're a patron because we're gonna have a little, we're gonna talk a little bit more and we're gonna dive in. I got I got a cool like thought provoking question for you by the way. Ooh, yeah, ooh. I know we're gonna t- we're gonna take this conversation uh, in the pillow talk segment. But until next time, guys, keep believing because we'll keep listening. All right, guys, we're gonna slide into the pillow talk segment of the podcast. In order to get this awesome uh, portion of the podcast, all you have to do is go over to our Patreon. Uh, and sign up for as little as a dollar a month. You get the rest of this awesome podcast, as well as access to all of our bonus episodes that we put up uh, on our Patreon. If you sign up for $2 or more of a month, you get to actually vote in our poll for the theme for our months. Uh, And currently right now winning on that poll is Strange Disappearances. Uh Uh-huh, with a uh, three-way tie for with Ghost Towns, Time and Space, and I'm losing Harry Humanoids uh, for second. Okay, I'm really curious about this question you have. Yeah, so but right. also, no, I'm not trying any more. Your finish it. I'm not trying any more of your terrible pickled cactus. Eat it for the Get patrons. That I will buy a knife and stab you. <laughs> the patrons. I am want not. You to finish it. No, it is disgusting. I ate it once. Don't you love the patrons? It has rearranged my <laughs> taste buds, and now I like sour beer. I've had to wash the taste of that out of my mouth the entire time. You at least like shandies. I wouldn't call it a real sour beer. That is disgusting. That is a person that had too much time on their hands, did that, and then is, like, punishing the rest of us.